Lat B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back to the main card, formerly the Five Picks Championships, but that has moved on. The new seasons are coming up soon. At MMA Marks, if you want to get all the info for all that good stuff. But here in the main card, we have a star-studded event. We got a lot of veterans showing up, and we have had a lot of bouts. But I think we're going to get into some of these most more profile bouts. And starting off, the main card is going to be Alex Oliveira against longtime returning Peter Sabata. The 17-6 and six German fighters coming off of a loss over two years ago to Leon Edwards. TKO, which doesn't look so bad. He is 33 years old with such a big layoff. We don't know what we're going to be getting back with Sabata. But what we do know is that we got a good counter striker who's got serviceable wrestling, an okay gas tank. His chin may be a little bit suspect in there. But if you make a bad decision on the ground, Sabata will be able to submit you in there. It's just kind of been, I feel like he may have plateaued. That Dolby fight doesn't look so bad all of a sudden. Saunders can't take much away from. And Edwards was a beast that nobody knew of when Sabata initially had fought him. So that doesn't look so bad all of a sudden. Against Oliveira here, he's going to have a Muay Thai striker with serviceable takedown defense. That is, we know what we're getting with the cheating Alex Oliveira. You're going to get poked in the eye. You're going to get dicked in the kick. You're going to end up having all sorts of fun stuff happen <laughs> in there. The 21 and 8 fighter has been a long time standing. For me, it would be so gross to get dicked in the kick. <laughs> I, I absolutely think so as well. Don't you think? <laughs> think Imagine so sleeping and you feel like you have your naked feet out and then you feel something on your naked feet and you wake up and there's just a dick like Touching your toes. <laughs> Between your toes. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it's just a nightmare, apparently. <laughs> I <know. laughs> Anyways, I know, so, I know, dudes. I know, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> are Dudes are freaks. It's unfortunate, but it is true. So here in this one, though, Oliveira, uh, I feel like he can keep this where he wants to with his takedown defense, but we know what you got to do to beat Alex Oliveira. Let's try to grind him out. Griffin tried to do it as of late four months ago and just squeaked out a loss in a dirty split. Nicholas Dalvey got a decision on Oliveira. Perry got a decision. Gunny Nelson gave him a vagina and then submitted him. But Oliveira here is just going to be one of those rough and tumble guys in store for some of the gnarliest teeth in the UFC. I always forget to mention it. And when he smiles, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Just look next time. But either way, uh, Oliveira comes in with heavy uppercuts, heavy strikes, a good jab, great knees. We'll throw flying knees in there. Again, that anti-wrestling, that take down the fence, really allows him to do what he wants in there. I think Tabata needs to get this to the ground because striking, he's going to be at a big disadvantage here. I got a TKO round number two. I think Oliveira might uh, stick him in the kick and then end up, poking him in the eye, and then it's going to be a ground-and-pound finish, a lot like Edwards got him. Give me Oliveira, TKO, round number two. Who do you think you're going to be taking in this? I don't like the distance between this fight and Peter Sabata's last fight, and Alex Oliveira is um, dirty AF, but 
he just something's been off with Alex Oliveira lately where it's just like yeah he's in there for a fight more than a win um so I have him by decision but uh it's more so what I don't know about Peter Sabata than what I know about Alex Oliveira at this point I know what I'm getting from Alex Oliveira I don't think it's gonna be on draft <laughs> Uh, on DraftKings, do you think you're going to be able to pay for the minus 165 favorite 8,700 on DraftKings, Alex Oliveira against 7,500 for Sabata on DraftKings? Let's Is see there what... a play in there? I Go on. I like Oliveira in that second round TKO. I think it'll be close to that 890. Maybe he breaks 100 closely. The thing that sucks about Oliveira is when he shits the bed, he shits the bed bad, bad, bad. So, oof, I know, know he can give me one hard round. He's 8-7 on DraftKings, like you said, and his average points are 63.6 on DraftKings. A weird thing with Oliveira mm-hmm. is it's 63.6 with a ton of losses and decisions. That's a lot of points when you think about you know when he finishes he, he knocks up but it's out. just been so long since he finished so for his average to still be up True. to 63 that's a great that's a great loss score because he's only out of the last five fights i don't know i mean i know they average all their ufc fights into these but just you know he's had a nasty knockouts or you know nasty finishes in the last few years so i think um right i don't like the eight seven i love alex Oliveira as an underdog I don't like him as this heavy of a favorite. He's such a wild card. He's such a freaking wild card in there. Absolutely. I'm going to have, if there's exposure to either one of these guys, it's only going to be Oliveira at 8-7. I do think he pays that off. And in those middling 9,000 type ranges, I feel like I'm more comfortable with Oliveira than some of these other guys that we've talked about throughout the I agree with you there. You know what? I'm not feeling great about betting tonight. I might say I move agree. away from DraftKings. There's so much of a variance with 15 cards as far as DraftKings. It's going to be a wacky ass night where we like to tell you guys, leave money on the board. Leave money yeah. on the board. And there's so many to pick here. There's so many really close bouts or just off lines. Or I even think Again, it's I like Oliveira here. Watch some fights, play some parlays, or go some head-up bets um, on the main fight. Like, just have fun and bet on Till and Whitaker, I think. <laughs> Save your money and just bet on the main right. fight. Right. That's how I... That, it's this. <laughs> if, if it's set up like a boxing card, then just bet on the Tyson-Holyfield fight. <laughs> so, uh, it's definitely... Interesting as it goes, the later we get on into these main cards, the better it's going to be here as far as I feel like DraftKings. We're finally getting where the push comes to shove, and you've got to be putting guys on these lineups. And here at 205 pounds, Paul Bearju Craig is coming in against Guzmarov Antigulov. Antigulov coming in with a 20-6 and six record off a two-fight losing streak in the UFC. He did beat Joaquin Christensen, who is the lowest level you'll get in the UFC there. Also submitting Lima. But, I mean, those two are gimme fights. I will bet most people against either one of those other 205ers in there. 
Uh, the fact that Kutalaba got him out of there pretty quickly and Olianchuk, big power punchers that have kind of proven to be a little flowy. If you if they if you have a good enough chin to get out of the first round, both Kutalaba and Olianchuk fall apart in the second round. So the fact that Antigulov couldn't, I feel like is a big tell. And going back and watching those fights over a year ago, Antigulov has to get to the ground. That's what he does. He likes to get in that side control, ground and pound. We'll try to sneak in a triangle choke. We'll try to sneak in other dirty stuff in there. But um, definitely is a much more of a ground specialist, ground and pound guy. And Kutalaba and Olianchuk showed that they could sprawl on his garbage takedown. And once he was there was striking, Antigula was throwing such looping punches that their slightly straighter punches knocked them down and they weren't hard connections. Eventually, once uh, Kutalaba in it, who was at only Enchuk, got going, yeah, they landed a lot of shots, but the first shot was just kind of a backward stepping left hook or like a left stepping right, not hard, but Antigulov just, his knees just turned in and he fell on all fours and was in desperation mode. Here for Bearju, though, he's not known to be a striker. He's a very tall fighter at 32 years old, 6'3". Uh, at 205, he just looks like he's kind of giraffish in there at times. He kind of pushes that jab out. His striking has got better as of late. Did end up getting a split decision draw against Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, prior to that, he beat Marrera, who was not UFC competition, lost to Menafield, beat Zinjuku, uh, lost to crew. But the Bear Jew here, even though I like to give him crap and whatnot, he has proven that he is UFC caliber type of a fighter. Coming off of one of the biggest upsets ever against Antigulov, he sh Bear Jew shows that he is live all three rounds, regardless of cardio, in that who will fight both those guys and in going into the third round so unbelievably fast that it surprises me that they're in the UFC, but here they are again. Um, I just don't necessarily think it's going to end up getting there. I actually think Paul Craig probably gets to finish, even though he's a submission guy. Bearju is a guy who works really well off of his back, likes to throw up um, triangles and arm bars, and it's really the triangle that he made his entire career off of here, and that's what Antigulov wants to do. But even though Bearju is not a good striker, Antigulov, to me, has such a suspect chin in the shots I've seen him take horribly that I think Paul Craig, uh, when they touch gloves after that second round, uh, he just throws until uh, Antigulov goes down. Give me TKO round number two. It's a disgusting, disgusting fight. But give me the Bearju. I got him. Who do you think you're going to be taking in this bout? I think this is an easy Paul Craig. And I don't know if it's just me because I always pick Paul Craig. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if this is an emotional play for me at all. Uh, and to go against the Russian. But to me, if the only thing that Antti Gulop, if his, his bread and butter is submission and ground, I think Paul Craig's better there than Antti Gulop. And I also think Paul Craig is better on the feet. I think he has sneaky jabs. Um, I do agree with you. His striking's got so much better. The only thing that I can't stand about Paul Craig is he's one of those dudes that I put on my soft body list. But if I don't have to worry about the soft body being touched, I think he's an easy pick. I had Craig's submission round one. I'm going to move it to round two out of a little respect for Antti Gulov. Um, 
But I just think if he wants to play that game, if he just, I think the first few times he falls to his back in round one, Paul Craig will just kick his leg. Paul Craig will just kick his leg and then tell him to get back up. But I think as Paul Craig wears him out, Paul Craig's going to have the better gas tank. So even if Andy Gulov's a little better at the submission game, by round two, it's going to swap sides that Paul mm-hmm. Craig's going to feel comfortable everywhere. So I can see the knockout, exactly what you said. Um, like, I can see the knockout on, by ground and pound, yeah. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the slight minus 115 favorite Andy Gulov, 8,200 against the minus 105 Paul Craig, 8,000 even on DraftKings. I actually think this is one of those sneakier plays that people are going to be thinking it goes to decision, and I'm like, necessarily see it and i'm fairly decided i like what you're saying as well for paul craig he's my sally relief so far the entire night this is a guy that i feel fairly comfortable with in that eight thousand range that i think can finish not only in a submission as you're saying but in the tko and for me saying paul craig wins tko is i watch tape i watch tape guys i don't make this shit up this is <laughs> so where I, I would say if you really feel a Paul Craig TKO, I would say the best bet on this entire fight is to go with that parlay because or go with that um, as a prop bet because I guarantee you that's the highest prop is a Paul Craig TKO. Yeah, and I'm going to go round one just because it's a disgusting fight. So I would drop a few bucks on ra- each round. If you think a TKO, I, I think that it'll cover yeah. itself comfortably. I, like I could see that. It'll probably be a little bit higher in there. Like, I have um, submission, so, but I feel like that might be the easiest money to pick for a Paul Craig submission. Here, inside the distance line, minus 160, or plus 160, Antigula, plus 135, uh, Paul Craig. So, plus money, 130. Oh, frozen? Not frozen? Are you coming back? Um... Yeah, I think he's frozen. We'll see if he comes back in a second. So I will just move on to Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez. Um, this is a weird fight to me. Uh, I feel like in a in a way, I want to think of Marina Rodriguez as like a younger Carla Esparza, but she's not younger than Carla Esparza. And Carla Esparza has a bigger name by everything uh, that she's done in the UFC with the Tough House and, you know, she's carried the belt. Uh, Marie, but Marina Rodriguez is sneakily moving her way through the division. Uh, she had, um, why did this go to draw with Random Marcos? Um, it says Random Marcos decision majority, but it looked like it was overturned for some reason. But he and I always say on this phone, Random Marcos makes a fight dirty. So for me, for Marina Rodriguez to already get over that, Jessica Aguilera decided decision. Tisha Torres decision. That's crazy for me. Now, mind you, that's not the same Tisha Torres that just came back with the, you know, this new kicking game that we were reintroduced with why they call her the tiny tornado. I forgot. Uh, It wasn't the same Tisha Torres. I almost think that might be the fight that made Tisha go back to her original style. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, that decision is a no-joke decision. And um, it looks like she had another draw. Did she had stuff overturned. Cynthia Cavillo. I know E'll know when he gets back. Cynthia Cavillo uh, decision majority. Um, it looks like it was overturned as well. Oh, that was that the one that Cynthia was really pissed about? I don't know. 
peel now. It'll probably be the weed thing, so that probably was over time. Um, all that being said, you know how I am. I love the Cookie Monster. I think the Cookie Monster is underrated. I think she makes it a grind. I think her striking's getting better and better and better because uh, the girls can't handle her ground game. So uh, for me, it's an easy decision that I give Carla Esparza at least two of the rounds. I think she can, uh, once she takes her down, it might be hard for her to get her down in the first round. We, we seem to see Carla lay off a little bit if she notices she can't get somebody down in the first round on the first takedown. But um, she's schlick because she'll try it again right at the appropriate last minute of the round and usually flip the round. So I think the ring IQ I give to Carla Esparza the ground I give to Carla as far as I give Rodriguez the striking advantage, but Carla's is getting better and better and better, and she's doing that where she's mixing in the striking with um, her takedown. So I'm going to go with a Sparza decision and leave uh, Rodriguez on the table. If I look over, oh, Rodriguez is the favorite. I'm kind of surprised at that. There's probably something I don't see because, you know, I was late to the train, even with uh, everybody's favorite girl that I'm can't remember right now. So uh, Carla Spar is a 7'6 with an average of 59.1 points, which makes sense because she's a grinder. She doesn't lay a ton of strikes. So even in a winning position, you never end up uh, that justified and gratified with Carla Esparza. Um, what's the girl's name? Rodriguez. She's 8'6 with an average of 61. I don't understand how she's going to get that kind of points with Carla. I'm going to check, see if E's coming back here. I don't see a text. Let's see. Let's text them. Are you rejoining us? Question mark. I'm ready. The fact that I'm big is a good sign because it means he's actually out and maybe going to retry to come back in. Uh, so I think this is easily a dogger pass because even in points here, um, Rodriguez doesn't make up her 8-6 and she's not going to knock out Carla Esparza. Um, she ain't no JJ. What is she, JJ? Uh, I'm going to move on for fights right now just to see um, what's going on with E and work my way through it. I know I'm not as in-depth, so if you're joining us and I'm also um, not as... Uh, with the lines and the plays and all that jazz. So you'll be excited when he gets back. So the next fight, Fabricio Verdum versus Alexander Gustafsson. Okay, so you know what? These are two fighters that I never got to witness these amazing reigns, and I know I get a lot of hate from the hardcores that have been watching for two decades, but of the reigns I got to watch the two have, I've appreciated Fabricio Verdum's more. Until that last fight Fabrizio Verdun had, where he looked gar like Garbudi, uh, his body looked like garbage, um, his style didn't look anything like the Fabrizios we were used to. Uh, Alexi Olenek actually schooled him. And then Gus, this is his first fight stepping up to heavyweight. Is it? Yes, it is. His last fight against Anthony Smith, the submission. Um, and then John Jones, John Jones, John Jones, John Jones. Like, Everybody always says, oh, yay, look who's back. Dun, 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 back, back again. Did I completely shut off, off of all of that? Because I went hard paint, hard paint. You went hard <laughs> that in last the shot. I went hard. <laughs> oh, I gave, the, I gave the best breakdown I've ever given in my entire life 
you could have hinged a hundred thousand dollars on that breakdown. It was so good. Of who? <laughs> Well, are you Rodriguez against Carlos oh. Sparza? Oh, everyone will be so excited. Perfect. Start there. <laughs> I was I already <laughs> I made it through mine of that fight and I was into Verdum and Alexander and I was hoping you were coming back. If you didn't, I was gonna restart stream and just be like, All right, you guys, we'll be right back. Let's see what's going on. I don't know where it froze up on me. I don't know. I looked up and you froze on me, and then I double-checked, and I saw it was me that froze. So when did I freeze so I can get into that? It's almost perfect you if you really you just walk into a Sparza Rodriguez like it never happened because you didn't say anything about it. Just uh, Esparza. Well, here we go. Rodriguez ended up drawing with Marcos and as of late Cavillo, I think Esparza is the better version of either one of those fighters to the E. They're both grinders that like to wrestle a lot. Rodriguez showed that she can use her takedown defense to keep it striking where she does her best work. But Rodriguez is essentially a lesser JJ, which is the kryptonite of Esparza. So for that vein, I feel like this is a close fight. Could see another draw, but I think that uh, Esparza has another shot at JJ essentially, uh, but the lesser Brazilian version, uh, I think it should be a minus 115, minus 15. I think the line's off at minus 160 Rodriguez, but in that same vein, I think Rodriguez can keep it up and win enough striking uh, battles to make it a dirty controversial split. Give me Rodriguez in this bout on DraftKings. I'm going to probably be staying away from both of these ladies pretty heavily. I went with our Esparza decision and I said, you know how I feel about the Cookie Monster, and I actually said that uh, the only one who has Cookie Monster's number, so to speak, is JJ, and Marina Rodriguez is no JJ. <laughs> the lesser JJ, absolutely. Funny? The lesser. I know that's so great. So I went with Carlos Esparza decision, but I I said both these. It's going to be a low. Scoring, I think Carla Sparza's ring IQ is a little better, and she's going to get her down right at the end of every round just to keep it close. So, yeah, it's funny. We're split on it. So, uh, 8,600 for Rodriguez against 7,600 for Sparza. Are you playing either of these ladies? Because Sparza is kind of worth it at 7.6. I think Carla is really the perfect way. Um, even when she, Carla scores great, she's maybe going to get. 65 70 points and when she scores mm -hmm. shitty she's gonna get like 40 points so she really is safe play like at that number i think it's dog or pass only she ain't getting finished by rodriguez oh, i could that's what i see as well so i see a dirty split so i'm gonna again staying away from that if the play is on DraftKings specific I think Esparza is about, even betting-wise, the value's on Esparza because I also think it's a close one. So the line's off. Take that for what you will. How far did you end up getting into the Gustafsson versus Verdun? I'm kind of glad you're back because I was talking a little shit about both guys, how I haven't really seen the reign of both guys for hardcores. And the last for I, of the two guys of, in my lifetime of UFC, I got to see a little bit of what made Fabrizio Verdum great, but it wasn't in the last fight. That's where I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Oh, and so then I said, I think late... this is Alex Gandurgastuffson's first fight at heavyweight, but I really hope he comes back and then you did. Out of retirement, 
Uh, the 265-pound Alexander Gustafsson's making his first shot at heavyweight here. He's definitely, uh, we know what we're getting with Gustafsson. Accurate boxing, pinpoint striking, triple takedown defense on the ground. He's okay. The best 205ers couldn't really take him down. So Redoom, with his lacking takedowns, isn't going to be able to get there. Redoom's shown a better striking acumen. But, I mean, look at that freaking Olenek fight. If you can't beat Olenek, I don't care who you are. And good for Olenek, he looked better than he ever had. But Redoom looked the worst ever. I don't see him making that big of a turnaround in that amount of time two months ago. I feel like Redoom's just, he's at the top of the pay scale because he was a former champ. He's been on X amount of pay-per-views. But he's like, I'll fight anyone. Three, five losses, it doesn't matter. You're paying me close to half a million dollars just to get in there. Let's put me in against anyone. So I think Verdum knows it. Even if he goes to Bellator next, he'll be just fine. I got Gustafsson decision. I could even see a TKO round number three just because of those hands. And Verdum is just so bad lately. I don't see this going to the ground at all. And that's pretty much the only way. I see Verdum winning this one. Decided minus 300 favorite. Who do you think you're taking in it? Is it any worry at all that uh, Anthony Smith submitted Gus? Because Verdum is an animal on the ground. I know we didn't see it versus Olenek, and but is. I was wondering is because Olenek is so fucking dangerous on the ground that we didn't get to see Verdum turn it up like a Colby versus Usman scenario. Like we never got to see him wrestle because right, neither right. of them wanted to be called out in a weakness in that category. So I almost wonder... Right. If with a guy like Gus, where he has such an extraordinary weakness on the ground, is a bigger guy like Verdum going to easily be able to take him down and submit him? It just makes me a little worried. Like, no other guy can climb Gus like that. But Anthony Smith was like, oh, that it changed my opinion. And I just think Verdum's going to be a little better with the submission game, a little bigger than Anthony Smith. Um, yeah. It make it's I have Gus decision, but I'm questioning that right now. Like Gus's biggest weakness is what Fabrizio does. Sure, but you have to get him there. And Anthony Smith had the striking to at least be able to hurt Gus a little bit. Where Verdun, yes, he has gotten much much better at that. But it's definitely like you're saying, he's got to get this to the ground in order to make this his fight. And I just don't think he can get it to the ground. That's just the biggest issue with that one. So. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 9300 for Gustafsson against Verdum, 6900 Minus 340 favorite. Line keeps getting steamed on Gustafsson higher and higher. Do you think you're going to be playing him on DraftKings? I got a decision, so I'm not going to play him. I have a decision as well, and I got to be real. I think the play here is, as that big of an underdog on a guy like Verdum with that much experience, you've got to fucking play, make some plays on Verdum. You're right. He's Hail Mary. Verdum is what a Hail Mary I would do right now is I'd make a parlay with the Sparza and Verdum. Easy. I think that would probably be a mm. decent parlay. I'm, I like I like my Collier Verdum shot a little bit more. That's just me personally. I might <laughs> even throw on Paul Craig. I might even go crazy. Oh, I think it's gonna oh, be I'm an okay underdog kind of night. Oh, I'm totally okay with that Paul Greg fight. But then we move on to the co-main event of the evening where we have Mauricio Shogun Hua coming in against Rodrigo Noguera. The third bout, this is mini-nog. This is Antonio, not big-nog at 205. 
both of these guys have fought, I believe, once in Pride, once in UFC, and Shogun, I believe, won both of those bouts. I could be wrong. It could be one and one. Um, I did so much goddamn tape study all week long. Couldn't get into all that Pride stuff. But with what we're seeing with Little Nog with a 23-9 and record, we know we're getting high-level boxing credentials in there with a serviceable ground game. Really likes a lot of those hand traps on the ground to roll you over him and his brother in there. Uh, it's really just the boxing for Noguera that's going to keep him in play here. I feel like on the ground against especially the level of ground game that Hua has, he's not going to get submitted. So it turns into a kind of a striking bout. Noguera, though, it's just that chin. Ryan Spann does have power, but the way he went out, it just didn't look like the hardest shot. He is 44 years old. One of the only guys older than Trinaldo in here right now. Uh, even though Rua's only 38, Rua looks like he could be up in that range. But uh, here with Shogun, who the 26 and 11 legend is going to be in the Hall of Fame for all sorts of reason. We know what we're getting with him. That shoot style boxing. Uh, he ended up again last getting a draw uh, against Paul Craig. Prior to that, only losing to Anthony Smith, beating Tyson Pedro. Shogun Hua shows that he still... And Pedro is a telling one because that was a high prospect that Shogun just was like, all right, throw the kitchen sink at me, and when you're gassed, I can still hit you with veteran moves. But here I feel like Shogun is a slightly better striker and may slightly have the better gas tank because he's gone three hard a lot more than Noguera at this point of their careers. Um, it's just such a gross fight for so many reasons. I... Uh, I don't even know if I necessarily like seeing this level of a fighter because I feel like both of them could be retired and just kind of rest on their accolades. But they need to get paid, especially in these COVID times. But if they both retired here, I would not be sad one bit whatsoever because either way, their next fights aren't going to be easy and they're going to be fucking murderers in there. But give me Shogun Hua decision. I could even see a finish for Hua in here. I kind of see this just being a big fat stay away. Uh, oh, minus 205 favorite Hua. I got a decision. I'm going to go TKO round number three, two, round number two. I don't like it. I don't like this fight at all. Be careful, betters. Be absolutely careful for all the wrong reasons. This is a close fight in the odds have it. Who are you taking in here? Hua knockout round one. <laughs> I just all don't. Right. I, I don't I like it from decision around two. I don't like Nagira at all in there anymore, fighting. Both guys are collecting checks. We know neither guy will retire as long as the UFC will let him fight. This is um, just one of those fights. But uh, Hua has been doing tiny little things here and there, you know, getting, keeping things fresh. I think he got caught on his knockout. Um, that was brutal, but he's smart enough. I think he knows how to get inside. I don't think he's going to catch with the same height as Ryan Spam ha had to get that uppercut. Um, but I just don't think Noguera's jaw is what it used to be. So um, give me Hua round one. I'm going to move it to round two. Round one seems quick. Boom. Put a bet on it. I just moved it back. Ugh, I could see round <laughs> Take a bet out. Take a bet out. Do it. Do it. Yeah. So on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 9000 even for Hua against Noguera, 7,200, the minus 205 favorite right now, Shogun Hua, getting a lot of the love out there from the betters. Uh, tentative, 
But out of the two fighters, it's who or nothing. Who are go home. Hey guys, Chaney here. Just stopping in real fast to remind you to hit the like and subscribe. Also, make sure you follow us on all platforms at LATV underscore MMA. That's right. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, you can find us at LATV underscore MMA. If you need a little more Emmanuel, you can find him on most platforms at Zoltanite, including Twitch. And you can find me on all platforms at Weakneck Baby. So, Thank you for listening, and back to the show. Absolutely, the show got in there. Then we move on to the main event of the evening, 185 pounds. We got a star-studded event with Robert Bobby Knuckles Whitaker coming in against Darren Till in this one. The 18-2 and 1 Till is coming off of finally getting a win against Kelvin him in a dirty split decision eight months ago. Prior to that, he lost to Masvidal TKO and Woodley via Darth Choke, beating Thompson in a controversial split, beating Cerrone, which we called here at Lat B. Darren Till is fighting high-level competition, but he's really had a very limited amount of that high-level competition. Cerrone wasn't at that high level when they fought. And Stephen Thompson, if they weren't in Liverpool, he would have lost that fight. So it could have been three in a row for him. Masvidal show us what a trap will do in there. And T Wood was just like, T Wood darts them up in there after a heavy hand, right? So that was stupid, I know. And I love it. And I love it. And I love But that Gastelum fight, I think even that last Hermanson fight showed us as well. Gastelum has kind of hit his peak of where he's at, uh, at the 185-pound division. So the Till win doesn't look as favorable. And against the 20-and-five fighter, Bobby Knuckles here. It would not be a stretch for me to say uh-huh. Darren Till could be on a four-fight losing streak. Not wrong at all. With two splits. Because yeah. that Thompson could have been a split, too. Yeah, both of them were close. You're absolutely and like, right there. So, give me Thompson and or Gastelum against Bobby Knuckles here, and I got him winning those sidedly here. We know where we're getting with the karate stylist in here. Bobby Knuckles, his worst enemy is his own body. He has dropped out of more fights on fight day than anybody else that I can think of in the near future or in the recent past. I mean, um, but Bobby Knuckles here has just uh, got a great stepping kick on the ground, really shown his wrestling, got it up to par striking-wise. Uh, Till, even though he's known to be the striker, I think Bobby Knuckles comes in with a very fluid, different type of Kyokushin uh, background where he doesn't take as much shots, even though in with that Romero fight, it was brutal. But uh, here I do feel like he's somebody that has just more avenues, not only on the ground to potentially get the submission, but striking-wise to be able to finish it a bit more. I got Bobby Knuckles' decision. Unbelievable appearance here at Latvi. A first right trying to steal the fame from the main winners, the main champs. Before we get into all that, we got a special guest coming in to break down some of the fights. We told you guys changes were coming, and goddamn, it's uglier than ever. 
Evil Twin making his first appearance on that beat. Oh, hey everybody, hey everybody. So, uh, I know you've been listening to Trash this whole time. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple things to add. Little bit of uh, value bets. I'm uh, new to this whole deal, so just uh, please bear with me. Um, I understand the content's going to be considerably better, and predictions are going to be set uh, all the way around <laughs> higher. So, the little value I can add is going to be probably 100% better than what you're getting now. You're welcome. All right. Coming in hot. You're welcome, fans. Coming <laughs> in hot. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit here me. just uh, real quick. We got some stats that I'm going to – I'm a numbers guy. I'm going to give you numbers that you're going to be able to work with. Um, so Weak Neck Baby is coming in strong at a 58.3% prediction rating for 2020. You know, that's solid. Oh. She's above 500. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Um, we got dead last at uh, 57.6 uh, with uh, what I call puta bitch picks. And uh, that also known <laughs> as Emmanuel. So do what you want there, okay. but just know that whatever he picks, pick opposite. And you're likely going to be on the higher average. 50% of the time. 56 or 43% of the time. <laughs> Yeah. So 43% of the time, you're going to be a hundred percent of the time, right. When you pick against Emmanuel. So like let's go ahead and that. And then I'm going to give you a solid 60.4% prediction rating as of this year with evil twin picks. I'm going to give you not tracked. the whole card, but just what's that? These are tracked via tapology specifically. They are. They're we topology. Know where they're being okay. They're being tracked third party. There's uh, once it's locked, um, there's no editing or changing. Uh, I do know that uh, Emmanuel tends to say that the system went down or that he didn't <laughs> save, and those picks weren't the ones I made. He backtracks the whole fight, and he picks one this right out of the night, and then all he says... This is the five yeah. big championships. Yeah. He's a, he says that it was a five-round fight, and it changed to three, and he comes up with all types of excuses, none of which ever pan out. And the one time he picks one right, he acts like freaking it, it's the end of the world. It was so what pick. I'm going to give yeah, you right now is a, it was a, a quick value bet for where I see best value, uh, not necessarily DK yet, but just money line value and where I think you can make profit. And primarily it's going to be numbers based. I'm going to give you four of my value bets where I think you can cash the most money and then one wild card pick. So to start off, I'm going to go top to bottom just as they lay on the card. It's not in any specific order, but I'm going to go with Bobby Knuckles. He is a great value at, um, what is that? Minus 117. He's got a, he's negative in, excuse me. He's, uh, his reach is only an inch shorter than Darren Hill, but is, uh, what is that? Significant or significant strikes. He lands 2.36 times more, so he lands two shots more than Darren Till on average on five on a five or five minute 
per round. So um, um, he's got that advantage. He also has the strike defense advantage of plus 2% strike defense, takedown defense of plus 2%, and then takedown accuracy of a plus 16%. So let me break this down a little bit because I just kind of threw that out there. I based their statistical data and what they put up per UFC's counts and what UFC has documented, and I average that out, what the average is is a plus or minus in regards to their immediate opponent. That, so as is this the fight, Knuckles, fight metric? I use fight metrics to base these stats off of. And so when I'm saying he's plus plus 2.3 that's directly when it comes to Darren Till um and that's it it's it's not overall and these are going to be affected overall on what I'm getting from the UFC on fight metrics and how many fights they have so the more fights they have the the lower the percentage more than likely so that's why there's a wild card factor um but either way, I think Bobby Knuckles all the way around outside of the math, he's he's gonna be one of my picks uh, in DK wise. Definitely, he's just five rounders. I'm always gonna side with main events. Um, DK, just just a little bit there. Your next value bet, I'm gonna go with Marina Rodriguez. She is a minus one seventy two. That being said. Um, that's great value because she all all the way around, um, I think has a, a great opportunity. We know what Esparza gives, which she's a cookie monster. She wants to ground and pound you. And Marina Rodriguez has shown that she has a takedown defense. As far as the reach, she has a two inch reach advantage on Esparza. She has significant strikes landed per minute. She lands 3.3 more strikes. So three strikes additional to her strike defense. They cancel each other out. So there's no, their their strike defense is the same. So they're they're blocking as many shots evenly. Takedown defense, she actually has a 22% greater takedown defense and uh, takedown accuracy zero because they both land the same amount of takedowns on average. So um, that being said, I understand that um, takedown defense, just say 22% compared to Esparza, um, might not sound like a big deal because Esparza is constantly looking for takedowns, but the simple fact that she's putting up, she has a that much more of an advantage and has that bigger of a percentage. Um, I don't think she's going to look to, to use that avenue, but the simple fact that they both cancel each out with the same amount of takedown defense and, uh, and she actually gets the better exchanging on the takedowns um, all the way around. I think Marina is a is a great pick, a great value pick. She is the heaviest favorite of my picks, but at minus 172, I think that's a great value play on sports books. You can parlay her in a bunch of different stuff and really stack up some money. Um, next one, this one actually threw me because once I started looking at the numbers, I initially had gone with uh, Gulov, but Paul Craig, statistically speaking, is a minus 125 favorite which is essentially a pick but Paul Craig coming in with a plus 6 inch reach advantage significant strikes he's only got the .01 so I mean it's it literally it's it's fractions it doesn't really matter they, they're going they, 
punches put out. They put the same. But where he really stands out is Paul Craig has a striking defense of plus 28%. So he is getting struck 28% less than Ogulov. And takedown defense, he actually has a 57% takedown defense. But I still do favor Paul Craig on the ground. So if he chooses to take it down, I still favor him on the grappling side. His takedown accuracy, though, is a negative 20% compared to Ogulov. So it, it's there, there's a big swap there. You're getting... He's got considerably better takedown defense, but he's also not going to be completing much takedowns. And Ogulov has shown that if it doesn't go to the ground, he's likely not winning. Um, and for that, I flopped. I flopped on Paul Craig because I'm hoping he's smart enough to avoid the ground exchange and keep his standing and utilize that six-inch reach. Paul Craig is uh, inconsistent, but in this scenario, I had to go with him. It's it's essentially a pick em and the, the math is just stacking up. And then I can't pronounce this name. Panny Cantizar. Uh, I'm he sorry, that. guys. Uh, yeah, that, whatever he said. Panny, just go by Panny. Yeah, Panny, there you go. I'm going to... Uh, go with her frankly um Bechko is on the on the decline i'm basing this more even though the numbers don't add up i'm i'm fading koheha more than anything because uh panny only has a plus two reach she's negative or gives up what is that a half of a strike point four five so less than a half of a strike per minute she gives up two percent on the strike defense and the takedown defense, she gives up 16%. So she is negative on the takedown defense. She's she's on the losing end of it. And then takedown accuracy, they both even each other out at zero. Neither of the two ladies have takedowns on their records. That being said, I'm simply basing that pick at a minus 150 on the simple fact that I'm fading Bitch Kohea because that chick is, is she's had great success. But I, I got a fader. I just, it, age catches up, and we haven't seen it necessarily with ladies, but um, Kohea just, I don't know. I, I mean, when you call on the head kick and then get head kicked and act like you don't know what, what just happened, I, I can't I can't side with you. I can't reason with you. That's, that's insane. So that isn't a mathematical. That's more of a gut feeling on that one if we're basing it. And, uh, and I just can't back it. And my last... And uh, last wild card pick that I'll be giving you guys is Mike Grundy. Mike Grundy's only had one fight in the UFC. He is a former civil medalist. He is a plus 160 as we speak, plus 160 underdog. Now he's going up against Evo, and he they have the exact same reach, so they're canceling each other out at zero. Significant strikes. He's actually a at a 0.63 deficit, so he's losing a half of a strike, which is negligible again. And then he what he does though give is he has a 12% increase, so he defends uh, strike defenses 12% times better than Evo, and his takedown defense is 15% better than Evo and they both have landed the same percentage which he canceled them out at zero um he's a wild card because he's the under um 
I wouldn't say that Grundy necessarily has overperformed at this point, but Evo, if anything, has underperformed, in my opinion. Going up against a silver medalist and, um, what is it, primarily leaning on your grappling and a guy that hasn't been taken down and has a counterattack of a good takedown himself um, with just power to boot. Uh, I'm siding with Mike Grundy and... Um, that is definitely a wild card. It can go either way, but Evo's avenues to most of his fights have been grappling-based. Now you're going up a silver medalist, and we can all bring up, I, I briefly heard Yoel Romero, but look what Yoel has done with his grappling. He uses it in reverse, and I anticipate Rundy doing the same thing, at least up to what I've seen, and for that, he's my wild card pick for this, uh, for this card. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, thank you. I so. think we should turn it from evil twin to ugly twin because you're messing up my screen pretty badly over here, bro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How many more minutes do you have sure? left on the that clock? That word is atrocious. How many more minutes oh, are you allowed to hang out? Oh, I'm, I'm limited. I, I'm, I'm running it thin here. But, um, yeah, no, I appreciate the time. I, I'm, I know you guys need the ratings, so I'm doing this as a charity. <laughs> um, uh, once the money starts hitting, I'll be forwarding you my bank account info. And by all means, uh, what I said stands. And if you guys get me back on here, I'll start telling you all the embarrassing stories of uh, Emmanuel and that time he pooped himself. Uh, anything you need. <laughs> You let me know. Uh, oh, I'll let you know. I'll get my other brothers. So if you guys don't know this, he has four brothers. And every last Jesus. one of us has kicked the shit I... out of him. So... <laughs> that is a lie. Yeah. That's, if, it, it, if it's a lie, then why would you deny it? Think about it. So. All right, guys. You guys have yourselves a good night. And uh, let me know how it goes. I will be looking. I'll be texting. I'll have my picks available. You can ask me for them. I'll Where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they find you on Twitter? Um, it is one one on Twitter. So I Z Z W O N, the number one. I am not a huge social media guy. I have a life that really doesn't revolve around social media, but I've been a hardcore MMA head for the last 15 years of my life. So much yeah, so when he was getting arm barred. You caught me while I was eating a freaking fun cake. Like that, it doesn't count. Like you can't run up on me while I'm taking a piss and arm bar me and think that you win. That doesn't count. You want to know Evil Twin's weakness? His chin. Punch him right in the chin. Oh. He'll flop over. Right. <laughs> yeah. the, the funny thing is, you know, I, what is your username on here? Do you have a username, Cheney? What do you call him? Weakneck baby. You're weakneck baby. This guy, I don't even know what his name. Zoltanite. <laughs> Emmanuel. Just Zoltan. Whatever. It's all good, baby. Getting yeah. in these fight picks, yeah. making it heavy duty, making it on fights. We're trying to make money as a group, letting all of the fans know how they can just get good odds all the way around seeing what we're seeing i like how you're picking grundy because that was a heavy underdog that i like throughout the night as well exactly for that same matter saying that he's going to use that wrestling in reverse and being there until striking partner and just showing against niramani who wasn't able to get finished by uh, grant as of late i i think that's very telling as far as the caliber that we can see at a Grundy. Y'all don't know this. He called me and he asked me for all my picks and he took all them picks 
and he's using them on his podcast. He's been doing it for years. He's been stealing my content. You heard it first. Later. That's absolute bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. That was the worst mistake we ever made on that beat. That was the worst goddamn mistake we ever made on that beat. <laughs> that the hate is real in that one. I know, he came with heavy hate. <laughs> I couldn't even speak That's because it. we're on yeah. the social media thing, so it's only lets one of us talk at a time. <laughs> Every time I thought of something to say. <laughs> but I like that Paul Craig pick. I feel like the fact that we're all going with Paul Craig as an under is a great pick. And it was it's for all pretty totally. much the same reason. Um, you like the Grundy. Um, it just makes me want to stay away from the Evil Ev fight, but usually I would anyway. Or, you know, he's not, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see him getting finished. Um, and we all like Whitaker. Right. So before that rude interruption we had from that heathen, I was saying I had Whitaker decision. You didn't get to tell us who you were taking in that main event five rounder. Oh, I didn't even get to say it or not. Um, I have Whitaker as well. Uh, I never even really went back and forth, and I think it's pretty open here. I'm amongst friends. Uh, I'm not a Darren Till lover. I think he's been overrated from the beginning. I think his mouth got him in the position that it did. I think he's more in the arena of a Mike Perry-type fight and not in the arena at all of Bobby Knuckles. So I don't understand how, yeah, did Adesanya catch him? Yeah, I think Adesanya is a lot better than uh, Darren Till. I think he has a lot more uh, weapons, and I think he um, is a lot more creative, a lot better ring IQ, a uh, lot better cardio, a lot better everywhere than Darren Till. So uh, it, I don't know what Darren Till has for this Bobby Knuckle fight unless he thinks he's going to take him out like, the exact same way Adesanya did. I used to want to say, oh, well, maybe he'll have the reach, and, you know, Bobby Knuckles has a hard time with that, but none of the fights he's really won. And I think the Bobby Knuckles fight that intrigues me is Stephen Thompson. Next. I don't I, think they ever fought to the... Oh, he lost to them, though. Oh, uh, Stephen Thompson's 170 or That's what it was. That one might have been his last 170. Yeah, but Bobby Knuckles lost. Right, right. He got knocked out by him. Where Till beat him, but yeah, they were both 70 years that moved up. I like what you're saying. I think the thing that we kind of skipped over a bit, maybe I said it briefly, was the fact that out of both of these fighters, the one who's going to have the wrestling and the takedown advantage and go to it is Whitaker, where Till's just going to want to stay in the bank. That's it. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I And I think um, he's going to get emotional in there. I think Bobby Knuckles hits hard. I think he's good everywhere. Uh, if Darren Till comes in with the leg plan of like leg kicks and stuff could be dangerous for Bobby Knuckles. Um, I would love to see Darren Till's a young guy. I'd like to see that kind of evolution and Bobby Knuckles is the perfect kind of guy to show the world that evolution. That uh, <laughs> Evolution. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Evol evolution. Yeah. So definitely on DraftKings this is one that Feel like you're gonna have a little bit of exposure to at 8,300 for Robert Whitaker against Darren Till's 1,900. 
five rounds is a lot of time to make up strikes regardless of the position you're in even if it was supposedly lower output which these guys have a pretty good pace to them i uh, i don't see a stack involved here because they don't throw that much either one of them but i do feel for eight three amongst the entire nine night of nines that we've seen whitaker's somebody i'm fairly comfortable with and he's going to be in that eight thousand relief that i'm looking for to buy some of the nines and then grundy and some of these lower paul craigs and stuff are going to be my eight seven six whatever they are um to give me that little bit of relief if we end up getting one of these captain cards, who do you think you're going to have as a captain or somebody that can really make that? Because I love those, Bobby Knuckles I've been making that. some cash. I love Bobby Knuckles, oh, really? and I actually lo- like what Evil Twin said. Yeah, with the five-round fights, you got to put them at, in your cards, and I have never really thought about that for my captain specifically, and why on the F wouldn't you those five-rounders? That is, like, the perfect reason to pick a captain. Absolutely in there. But if there wasn't, uh, if it wasn't a Whitaker in a five rounder, someone that I feel like has a potential for really scoring high is going to be one of these bigger favorite guys. Chimaev might be a little too expensive to be a captain there because you're not going to bet anything. But I think the sneaky captain is going to be either Grundy or Bozer. I feel like Bozer is going to be the one of the sneakiest guys of the night. You're right. Nine. But he's got the TKO with the volume as t- on top of the TKO with the volume. Because Pessoa is done after a round and a half. At the most, a, round, a good yeah. three minutes in Pessoa's breathing yeah. hard. So, I like yeah. Bozer here. All right. So, that's a fun night of fights. That. We made some oh. mistakes on this one. Woo! That was some the longest fight card, though. For real, 15 fights. I don't think we've ever broken down 15 fights. I know, and to get such a such an intrusion. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like and trying next to week, evolve. We're gonna have your sister on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we're gonna have to try to have her slander you <laughs> out of nowhere. But uh, that's why he's evil twin. Absolutely, a lot of people are very loving. And my family, sharp iron sharpens iron. Yeah. The way it goes. <laughs> and, well, I also think um, just a pop-in of here's uh, picks of somebody else who loves fights and to see where they fall in line with where we might have disagreed or agreed or, you know. It gave me something to think about. And then I was like, if he stuck around, I would have been like, um, yes, but Rodriguez was not against girls. The Cookie Monster. <laughs> like, Cookie Monster was striking against girls with crazy takedown defense. Um, yeah. True. So, you know. Good point. It's been such next point. level people. Hell of a night. But I'm just a good Historical night for many more reasons. Yeah. More reasons than one. We broke some barriers here. 15 cards. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thanks for coming, you guys. And if you are watching live and do have Twitch, I think you can go watch MMA Marks live. So definitely thank you. Shout out, Mr. Anonymous, making a late scene to us. It's hey, all going to be good. Anonymous. We'll definitely end up catching up. So definitely a fun one in there. I got nothing else. 
That is it. Love you guys.